You're listening to the Total Sports Experience. And now, your host, Ray Baker. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Total Sports Experience. I am your host, Ray Baker. This is my sports show. There are many other shows like it, but this one is mine. Welcome in to episode six. We have a great episode for you today. Before we get to our interview and what we're uh, what we're talking about today, let me give you some uh, chances to connect with us. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Both of those handles are at TSE underscore show. Again, Instagram and Twitter. And then Facebook, just search for the TSE show. Um, and you can email us to tell us if we're good, if we're bad, if you love us, or if you don't. Um, if we're right, if we're wrong, whatever's on your mind. If you want to talk to us, talk to us about something specific, email it to us. It's the TSE show at gmail.com. So get a hold of us. Please. This is your show. The Total Sports Experience is about whatever you guys want to listen to. And for the first five or six episodes, it's just been whatever we want to put on. And we've put it on. But we want to know what you want to talk about. Especially now with sports possibly coming back. As we as we record this, and we were uh, recording this through the, the last three or four days here, there are chances that sports are coming back. Major League Baseball has a timeline now. The NBA is looking at timelines. The NHL is looking at timelines. So once we get sports back and we don't just have interviews and talk UFC, because that's the only thing going on right now, then we will have all kinds of stuff to cover. But in the meantime, it's just me. It's just you. And from time to time, we have some pretty awesome guests. So uh, we've mentioned a couple times... um, in episodes three and five that when we brought this program back, there were a handful of people that I really wanted to have on here, and my next guest is one of them. My next guest is, um, and I've used this term with some of my other guests, but this truly is a legendary broadcaster in sports. Um, He has won, I believe, three, correct me if I'm wrong, three Golden Mike Awards, uh, was on KFWB 980 here in Los Angeles forever, and you have covered everything from. I know you've done a Breeders' Cup. I know you did a Wimbledon. You've done a uh, number of BCS or college football championship games, national champs, the Stanley Cup Finals. I know you were at once. Is there anything you haven't covered? But my next guest is the legendary play-by-play, and sports broadcaster, Ted Sobel. Ted, thank you so much for taking time out today. My pleasure, Raymond, and uh, let's let's make sure you got the record correct. Several Wimbledons, several British Opens, several Super Bowls, several Stanley Cup Finals, several of everything, several sandwiches if you want to order them right now. <laughs> so let me ask you this before I get into uh, why you're on today as well, but um, when... Why am I on today? Because... Well, Thank you very. By the way, thank you for the compliment. The check is definitely in the mail. <laughs> thank you, sir. I appreciate that. We are on you. You are on this podcast today for two reasons. One is the name of our podcast is the Total Sports Experience, and if there's ever broadcasters that have covered just about everything in that realm, it's you. From horse racing to ice hockey and everything in between. 
The other reason, though, is you and listen. Nobody else would return your call. <laughs> there have been a few that have dodged me. I'm not going to lie there. <laughs> uh, you have a, and I'm so excited about this. You have a book coming out, hopefully sooner than later, entitled yeah, Touching Greatness. And there are some amazing things in this book. And by the way, if it, if the timing falls right, what a great Christmas gift this is going to make out for people, right? I hope. <laughs> uh, you know what? We need we need a lot of positives right now. So whatever it takes, if I can get one person to smile, I'm happy. There you go, I, and and I will be on there. So as we as I go through this, one of the stories in the book that, and I wanted to ask this in conjunction with something else that you covered the Stanley Cup Finals. You being here from Los Angeles, how was it to cover? What in in my view, because I am an LA Kings fan and have been since I was a kid, two Stanley Cup runs, both 2012 and 2014, for a team that you've watched kind of grow up with you. Yes, and let's not uh, exclude the Ducks Stanley Cup championship. I cover that too. Absolutely. Uh, which, by the way, of course, every Kings fan anywhere is still wondering how the hell did the Ducks do it before we did. But that's another story. As long as I've got one more than they do, I'm okay with that. But they did do it before (laughs) the L.A. Kings did, yes. Well, uh, I have a nice chapter in the book about this. And one of the things is a word that uh, me and a colleague have used since the day it happened for the Kings. And that was unbelievable. Because we never thought we'd see it in our lifetimes. Bob Miller was certainly wondering if he was ever going to see it in his lifetime. And I really feel strong. I I mean, he's never actually said it this way, but I believe he hung on a few extra years just to to see if this could ever happen in his life. And to be on the ice with him that first time in 2012 was so awesome because uh, he had tears of joy coming out of his eyes, and we were just laughing so hard on the ice. It was was just a blast. it's one of my favorite moments ever because you're right. Um, my entire hockey life started the first season of the Kings in their expansion year, 67, 68. I was invited by a friend from Culver city high school here in Southern California to go to game seven of the Stanley cup first round playoffs, the Kings and the Minnesota North stars. And I kept telling him I wasn't interested throughout the entire first year of the Kings. I didn't know anything about hockey. I didn't care, blah, blah, blah. But he was from Canada. So he invited me several times, and I didn't go. And finally, he just said, hey, it's game seven of a playoffs. Just show up. I'm going with my parents. So I said, okay, whatever. So I went. I ended up on the bench in the third period talking to the stick boy, who was his friend who left us tickets. And that whole story is in there. Do you know the name Terry Sacha? Of course. Of course. Hall of Fame goaltender. Well, I didn't have no idea who he was because I wasn't into hockey. You know, I was, uh, well, how old was I? 60s. I was like 16 years old at the time. 15. Maybe I was 15. Um, and so uh, I, I'm standing on the bench right next to the sticks waiting in the second intermission waiting for the players to come out for the third period. Kings got their asses kicked in that game, by the way. I think the score was 9-4 to four was the final. 
Um, so they were they were losing big time going into the third period. And I look up at the clock, and there's five about five minutes left before the third period. And I said to my buddy, "We got to get out of here because the players are going to be coming out in a minute." And the stick boy says, "No, no, no, you're with me. Don't worry about." It. Now, just think about this, Raymond. It, could you imagine anybody doing this nowadays? You are standing on the bench of a team during the seventh game of a playoff series, and I mean, this is 1968, so it was a different world then. Um, anyway, the players start coming out of the ice, and I'm looking at the guy like, we got to get out of here. I don't belong here. I don't want to be here. And the goaltender comes skating over to get the water bottle, and it turned out he looks at me and he goes like, what the hell are you doing here? Who are you? He didn't say that, but just sort of that, that attitude. And I, you know, I sort of shrugged like, well, I'm with the stick boy. <laughs> and and then he skated away, and that was Terry Sawchuck. <laughs> wow. That was, his, that was his last game as the Los Angeles King. He was only here one year. Uh, anyway, uh, I told that story to somebody. I got a nice tour of the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto one year, and I told that to one of the curators there, and he almost started crying. He says, are you serious? That, how is that the first experience in your hockey life? That's impossible. That's anyway. I was, to, to I was hooked after that. What can I tell you? I, I will tell you this. So, as I started my playing career, the first game that I watched was, and I know this is um, cliche, if you will, but in February of 1980, I saw one of my first hockey games. It was yeah. one of the first round games of Team USA, and then I realized I got to be a part of that. So, after uh, I'm done playing, I start doing play by play for different high schools and, and colleges, and then somehow you and I, uh, I get a hold of you, and I said, I want to come down and do a Long Beach Ice Dog game, and you said, absolutely. So yeah, if, you, if you remember our broadcast position in the arena there, it was kind of in between the stands, but you had to climb over a railing to get into the actual broadcast position that we were in. I'll never forget it. I was there for five years. Right? And so, <laughs> it was a great five years, too. During, it's you, me, and it's Nick Vashon. And, and, and during one of the intermissions, right before the first intermission, we look over and uh, kind of eyeline to where we are. There are three people sitting there. One of them is Ace Bailey, who was at the time a, a uh, scout for the Los Angeles Kings. And sitting next to him yep. was Dave Taylor player for the Los yep. Angeles Kings. I had Dave, I think, between periods probably that day. I, I had him on several times. I know you that. did. In fact, you asked me, hey, go over and say, we're over here. <laughs> grab grab Dave Taylor and bring him over. I said, okay, you want me to go over and talk to one of the Los Angeles Kings? I, can, I, I got this. So I bring him over, and as he gets to our broadcast position, I realize we've got to climb back in. So... <laughs> I climbed back in, and then I don't know why, but it just it thought it felt like the right thing. I went over and gave my hand to Dave Taylor as in to help him into the broadcast position, and he gave me the same look that Terry Sawchuk gave you. He gave me a look like, <laughs> "Are you kidding me? I do I need I help? I don't need you. <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need help getting into the broadcast booth. Why? Why are you in my sight? <laughs> exactly. So with that, I politely got out of his way rather quickly, and I said, "Okay." Here's your headphones. They're mine, but now they're yours. I'll be over here in the corner. Thanks very much. <laughs> Dave's one of my favorite people. He's a great guy, too. Very much so. Um, so I'm assuming when I when I look on social media and I see things about the book, you have got so much in here as far as players. It should have been 45 volumes. I, it, you know, I, I just figured it out, sort of. I mean, just randomly because that's the way my brain works. 
I well over thirty, uh, well over three thousand hours on this damn thing uh, to write it, which uh, you know, twenty four hours a day is it's almost four months. <laughs> so uh, that that's that's without any sleep if if you want to figure it out that way. <laughs> Look, I spent so much time. Um, I've just got my sleep back the last few days because I my goal was to get it to my uh, publisher at the beginning of the week. And I promised him, and so I spent 30 hours and two days finishing it. I still have to, I still have to finish my introduction, but everything else is done. Now it's up to him to edit it, and he might edit it down to three paragraphs. That's what I'm paranoid about. <laughs> With as much as you've gone through and been and seen over these years of sports broadcasting. What brought you to the point of, you know what, I want to put this in a book to share it with everybody else? Well, it's a fair question, and basically it's because I've been hearing it for the last 25 years because I got a, it's not just the reporting. I've got a million stories. It's like about anybody. And by the way, there's a lot of music in here and entertainment. Um, do you know the story about Mr. Hockey here that I'm talking to? Do you know the story about uh, the song by... The Eagles called a new kid in town. Do you know that story? I do. I have not heard the full story. I, I've you've mentioned well, it. Well, I'm not going to tell you the full story because it's in my book. Right. But um, uh, yeah, it's it's basically because Glenn Fry originally uh, was born in uh, in Detroit, so he grew up a hockey fan. He was a Red Wings fan, and when he moved to Los Angeles in his either late teens or early twenties, he became a Kings fan. Huge Kings fan. And yeah. Yeah, and he used to wear Gene Carr's number 12 jersey on stage with the Eagles several times. Did you know that? I, I knew he wore number 12. I didn't know if, if it was who that was for. In fact, yeah, it was Gene Carr, who was the new kid in town, who was, who was an Eagles fan. And that's, they got, uh, when Gene got traded by the Rangers to the Kings, uh, they did a, like a whole you know, article on him. What do you like? What don't you like? the new guy right so they asked him so uh, they had really long hair so they asked him so what's your favorite band he just put the eagles and because glenn fry was a hockey fan he read the article he says wow the guy loves the eagles well, i love watching him play so he sent uh, a box full of uh, all of the eagles albums to the forum for gene to have and and Gave him, dropped a note with his number, said, hey, call me if you'd like to get together sometime. They became extremely close friends. I mean, Gene would hang out with the Eagles more than he'd hang out with the hockey players, wow. is what he told me. But I got the whole story in there, and it's really a neat story. There was another, and I, I hate to keep going down the hockey one, but uh, obviously that's, right. that's where I grew up. And that's, by the way, 10 years, pro and college, play-by-play -play announcer for hockey. Am I getting that right? 10 years? So you that that's near and dear to your heart as well. I mean, I know that the games that we did at Long Beach, those were the Long Beach Ice Dogs at the time were part of the IHL, which was the feeder or the minor league um, circuit for that fed into the Los Angeles Kings. Um, you know, when I talk about them at that time, and I sit, I really mean this seriously, uh, not just because I worked there or because those guys are my friends. In my opinion, at that stage of where the game was in the NHL, I enjoyed the IHL games much more than the NHL games. It wasn't even close because 
those games were guys working their asses off every single night. Most of them wanted to get back to the NHL. Some of them were just hanging on for a career, but most were trying to get to the NHL. Some were too small to ever make it for the long haul anyway. But that's bottom line was that was the clutch and grab era in the NHL. So yeah. this was a time in the in IHL, those guys were flying up and down the ice. They were working their tails off every single night, and it was great hockey. And we had a really good team, always had a good team. And John Van Boxmere, coach and GM, just put together a hell of an organization for the most part. It was it was his baby. And uh, I, I just loved every second of it. Wish we could go back and do more of those games because that's the yeah, I go I go well, back the problem now. Is, you know what? It never would have ended if more people knew. First of all, I thought it was a major mistake to move to Long Beach because as much as I love Long Beach, it's too out of the way for everybody. Specifically, a minor league team in this town. Yeah, nobody's going to drive from the San Fernando Valley to go to Long Beach to watch the Ice Dogs. Agreed. It's not going to happen. Agreed. Yeah. So you know, remember, I, I was there when we when we were at the LA Sports Arena when we were the LA Ice Dogs. That's right. And as soon as they made the announcement, we're going to Long Beach. I thought, wait a minute, I've done Long Beach games out of there. The the Forty uh, ers basketball team in uh, nineteen eighty and eighty one. I said, there's no way people are coming here, and they didn't. You know, I mean, you, not not regularly, and that killed us. Yeah. Wow. What a shame. But anyway. So yep. when you look back product. now that you've you've and I don't want to say maybe done with the book, but in your side, done with it. And, I am and, done with the book. <laughs> and, and, and maybe make changes here and there. What was your favorite thing? Like the first thing you said was, you know what? This is the first thing that I got to make sure that's in this book. Is there a, a moment or a player or something that just triggered said, that's, that's the one key that's got to be in the book? Well, no, there's about 14 of them. But uh, one I'll give you is, uh, do you remember... Uh, the great, they used to call him the Poet Laureate of uh, Network Sports, Jack Whitaker. Oh, yes. Love Jack Whitaker. Jack just passed away this last year. He was 95 years old. Yes. Anyway, Jack, uh, I attended, it was my first credential game as a reporter in 19, let me get this right now, I just I just wrote it, 1974. Five. Yeah, 1975, February 2nd, 1975. Now it's coming back to me. Uh, at the uh, Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, it was Jimmy Connors against Rod Laver, uh, a challenge match for TV. And you know who's doing the play-by-play of that game? Jack. Or that match? No, Jack you know, Jack was the – he was always like the the extra guy – who who did the uh, the color around it? Okay. Or or he did the post match. You know he'd do his uh, poetry and talk and just his commentary. No, the play by play was some guy you heard of named Vin Scully. Oh, you're kidding me! That was Vin's first time he ever did tennis, and that was my first game as a credential reporter. Wow. So and anyway, so, and, and for those so of the, I'm those, sure the listeners yeah, that aren't part of Los Angeles culture. Everybody that has ever watched a Los Angeles Dodger baseball game over the last 40-plus years has to know who Vin Scully is. So, le- legendary. How about 70-plus years? No, I know. I'm just kidding. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so the, the story with Jack is that uh, 
The match is winding down. It was 36-year-old Rod Laver, who to this day, some people still say, is the greatest tennis player ever lived, although you know you can't compare eras. But he won two Grand Slams. So nobody's ever done one, and he's won two of them. Wow. All right? So anyway, so but it was a different era, blah, blah, blah. We won't go into that. Um, so Laver is 36 years old, starting on his way down, you know, as far as his ability is concerned, against a 22-year-old brash jerk named Jimmy Cotters. <laughs> right? And so there, so Jimmy is a heavy favorite. It's in Las Vegas. There were odds. He was a big-time favorite, and he's beating the crap out of Laver. He won the first. It's, it's a, uh, let's see, it was uh, best of five. So it was sort of like, you know, a major. So, uh, it, by the way, it was a $100,000 winner-take-all, although the, the, the loser got $60,000. So can you explain that to me? <laughs> no no comprendo, but that's another story. So, it, you know, it was all made for TV and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, uh, so Connors wins the first two sets easily. Labor wins the third set, coming back very nicely. And you would think the old guy would be worn down, but it was Connors who was getting worn down. So Labor is starting to gained some momentum, and they're in the fourth set. So I'm inside the media room. It's looks like a tent or something. And I'm watching it on some little monitor in there. Because all I'm there for is some post-game uh, interviews. That's all I'm... So the whole time, I'm just killing time. So it's starting to get really, really good, and Labor's getting back into it. So I run out to the court, to, to the corner of one of the quarters of the court, just to check it out really close up. I got a credential, so I could be real close. And... It just happened to be Jack Whitaker was standing there. So we're making some small talks. It's the first time I've ever met him. And he was very nice to me. But, you know, it just, again, not even, I don't even know if I introduced myself. I just know we're just making small talk. Like, oh, you know, this is fun, blah, 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 whatever. So we're coming down to the last few match points. And they are just beating the crap out of the ball. Back and forth and back and forth. I mean, they're really into it. And so is the crowd, by the way, and they're booing the hell out of Connor. They wanted to lose so badly. And and uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I I spell out in the story in the book how he's cussing out the crowd. So anyway, so uh, it's getting really really tight, and I look at like after one really great point, I look at Jack and I said, "This is like a heavyweight title fight." And he looks at me, and goes, "Wow." He goes, I like that. Yeah, you're right. And then we just moved on. And, and then I said, hey, it was nice to meet you. And, the, and it was over a few minutes later. And I went back into the media tent waiting for the guys to show up. That's because that's the only reason I was there. Bottom line is, TV comes on. Vince Scully says, let's send it down to Jack Whitaker for, you know, the wrap up on this. And, and almost the first things out of his mouth. Well, Ben, this was like a heavyweight title fight. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, that's my line. <laughs> that's Jack Whitaker, the greatest, the most well-spoken person in the history of network television, and he stole my line. So, so is is there? Hey, he's saying what I told him, or was there more anger of you just no, took no, no, that from me? It wasn't anger at all. <laughs> there was zero anger. It was like, are you kidding me? I can do this. If he, <laughs> if he took my line, this is my career, baby. I, I got this da down now. I'm good. <laughs> that's why that had to be in the book, obviously. Absolutely. Oh, that's fantastic. So 20 years later, exactly 
20 years later. 1995, I'm working as the producer for the first uh, golf major on network radio in the United States. They'd never tried it before. It's the first time. And some guy picked me out. I have no idea where he got my name from. I, to this day, I have no idea. Uh, but anyway, it was fun to be a part of. And Jack Whitaker was my co-anchor. I was, again, I was over, I did some features and stuff, and I interviewed a lot of players, but I had nothing to do with the actual broad, I wasn't on the air during the actual cast. Occasionally, they might say something to me, but for the most part, you know, I had nothing to do with it. I was just overseeing it. So, uh, there I was working with Jack, and I reminded him of that, and he goes, I've used that line a few times. <laughs> <laughs> just tell him, anyway, he, my, the bill will be in the mail for every time you mention that. It's okay, don't worry. Well, no, I don't think it was that many times. But anyway, he uh, so he he writes to me um, in the book. He has his own book, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, last it was it was either last year. I think it was it was two years ago. Time flies when you're writing a book. Two years ago, I went to visit him. It's the first time I saw him in since 1995. Uh, I went to visit him in uh, the desert. He had a home in Palm Desert. Also, he lived in Philadelphia area because that's where he's from. So he came out there for the for the winter time. He'd go to the Palm Desert, and he was he came out there. Uh, it's always during the time when the BNP Paribas tennis tournaments played out there. So I went out there for media day, and I got in touch with him. I said, Jack, can I, can I see you? You know, he's using his what ninety three or something. I said, I'd love to see you. And he goes, Absolutely. So he invited me over. I, I interviewed Roger Federer, and then I went straight to see him. And, and and it was we spent about three hours together. I had such a blast. And he filled out his he, he gave me a copy of one of his uh, maybe his only book. I don't remember. But he gave me a copy of his book and he signed it to me. And at the end, he goes, you know, writing a book is not that easy. It's sort of like a heavyweight title fight. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's... Anyway, so that's that's one story. I mean, again, I've got. 500 stories. I, I cannot what, wait for the book really to come neat, out. What was really neat, by the way, Raymond, that day when I was there, I said, Jack, um, I'd like to surprise you. I can't guarantee you this guy's going to pick up on the other end of the line. But uh, I don't know if you, you probably aren't even aware of this because you're not old enough. But uh, Jack Whitaker was also part of the, uh, the telecast when uh, Secretariat won the Triple Crown. Are you aware of that? Uh, I was not aware he was part of it, but I do remember Secretariat winning the Triple Crown. Yeah, but yeah, he was a big part of the telecast. He was like the guy that he was the glue that put it all because you know he's the poet laureate of the of, of sports. Sure. So anyway, uh, after every race, they go down to him and he'd do a, this whole commentary that's like right out of uh, Ernest Hemingway. The guy was unbelievable. So, um, so I when I'm there, I get my cell phone out and I said, Jack, let's call somebody. When's the last time you talked to Ron Turcott, which was Secretariat's jockey? And he said, I don't even remember the last time. I said, would you like to say, I said, of course, I love the guy. So I called him up, Ron answered the phone, and we had this wonderful talk, and Jack's almost crying the whole time. And so I put some of that conversation in the chapter, because it's just a fun thing, where these two guys, and Ron Turcott's one of the endorsers of my book as well, um, because I got a long chapter on horse racing, and Secretariat was my horse, because that was my era. So anyway, it's just a really fun story, and Jack was incredible. Sadly, he died. Uh, God, he, he wanted to read this book so much, and I've got a handful of people in this book that unfortunately have passed away in the last three years because, you know, you can't write a book in 10 minutes. Sure. Yeah, that's 
I cannot wait for this book to come out to get into that and then more of these stories that, like I said, if, if you know everything goes right, we'll, we'll see this book sooner than later. And, and I can't wait to, to pick up a copy myself and, and go through everything. Thank I mean, you. It's, it's, I appreciate it. Sounds but, amazing. You know, I've, I've got fun stories like, like Wayne Gretzky taking me down into the Kings locker room when he was on the injured list. This when he had a bad back. Remember that? Yes. And he, he, was, he missed like a couple of months. And he's actually at that time they were really worried about his career. I mean, he was he couldn't walk well. I mean, you know, it's like how the hell is he going to play hockey? So he, uh, I was putting together a business card, and Wayne invites me into the Kings locker room between periods, and I said, Wayne, I can't go in here as a. And he says, uh, You're with me. Don't worry. About it. Oh my god. Okay. And it's it's a fun story how he helped me put together my business card with a picture of him. Uh, on the back cover of the card. Wow. Uh, a picture of us when he scored his 802nd goal and broke Gordie Howe's record. Uh, the Kings photographer was there, and Wayne actually called me over and said, Ted, you're the last guy left in the room. I was just killing time because I don't have a deadline. I'm, you know, All my stuff is for radio the next morning. Right. So I was just enjoying the, the atmosphere when he scored 802, and, and, and I had to wait for Marty McSorley anyway. He was always the last guy out, sitting in the shower for uh, an hour and a half. <laughs> so, so uh and Wayne called me over and he says, you're the last, you're the only guy I didn't take a picture with. And he called the King's photographer over and they took a picture. And that picture was ended up on the back cover, on the back side of my business card, only because Wayne wanted it to be. It was really funny. But he's, he's an unbelievable guy. And he endorses the book, too. By the way, only Hall of Famers are allowed to endorse the book. Shaquille O'Neal is endorsing the book. Um, who else? Well, Elgin uh- Baylor is endorsing the book. I'm not in the broadcast hall of fame yet. My goal is to get me, there. Me and, neither. and once I get there, I'll endorse the book. But in the meantime, I will <laughs> spread I the get. word about the book. Well, it's very nice. I appreciate it. So, uh, my last question for you, sir. Uh, you're part of Sports USA right now. Uh, yep. Big time covering. I think 17th year coming up, I believe. Wow. Um, yep. f- football as it stands right now. Uh, in the world that we're living in, I know you cover a lot of Rams football. You cover a lot no, of the No, I college... don't actually. Oh. No, 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 I don't cover. No, 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 I don't cover that anymore. Uh, Sports USA is a network. We do the whole league. I'm the host and uh, of the of the pregame and halftime and postgame shows on our NFL doubleheaders on a, on the network. That's right, and you're doing it on. I think it's on ESPN Radio, and here locally in Los Angeles. It is uh, seven ten, and I believe eight. No, not anymore. It, you oh. know what? It's it, it varies. Okay. No, the problem is that when the Rams and the Chargers came here, it took away our chances to be on there more. So gotcha. I don't know. I mean, it's 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 totally random. But we're on over three hundred stations around the country. I did see that, and I know I did notice yeah. that some of the state, some of the teams, like the Rams, now also have. FM guys, or I guess it's it's simulcasting maybe on FM as well with their local radio guys there too. So big yeah. big changes from the last you know ten twelve years from when we used to just go to the one station and listen to everything. That's it's kind of like you said, it's kind of wherever now. Well, um, yeah, I mean, look, just look at the Kings; they're on; they're not even on the radio anymore. Yeah, so as of I the world. think la- last year, or the year before, I think was their last year uh, on AM radio, and they went to. Uh, just streaming now, uh, Nick Nixon and, and, you know, and, and you know, and you do know who the guy is who started all that, right? For the streaming like that? Yeah. No. The Long Beach Ice Dogs were the first team in the world 
to have their entire schedule on the internet. You're kidding. I, no, I mean, I'm not I, as dumb as I look, Raymond. I, <laughs> I remember the I remember those games being on the internet like that. that I didn't the realize start that they were the only one. Dot com before they did that. You know, they would have a they would have occasional games here and there, but we were the first team to ever have an entire season schedule on there without radio. Wow. See, that saved my job. I got. I got to have you on more so you can give me more information like this. That's that's fantastic. So, as again, as we sit right now, yep. are we going to have NFL football and camps opening up in August like we normally should? I want to know why you're asking me when, if you ask Anthony Fauci, he couldn't give you that answer. Because there's but, so many people, and, and Clay Travis from Outkick the Coverage uh, talked about this before, is there are so many people that want it to happen, but don't want to say that. I want to have a Rolls Royce come up here right now and tell me it's going to drive me around the rest of my life. I want a lot of things. Look, Clay Travis is a fantastic broadcaster, but he makes stuff up as he goes along. Um, I, I, I don't listen that often because it's usually when most of our humans are sleeping in, on the West Coast. But, uh, look, he's, he's politicized the hell out of all this, and it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, he, he makes everything sound like it's rosy and there's no problem. He's dreaming. He's from another planet. The bottom line is, do I think it's going to happen? Yes. Somehow we're going to get something done. How it's going to be, I have no idea, because they have no idea. They really don't. They're just, look, the NFL has put together something right now to say, if everything works out great, here's our schedule, we're ready to go. Whether there's one person in the stands or nobody there is a separate issue. You know, they gotta, they've got to be prepared for a season, and they're doing it the right way. The college football, not so much. Um, I still think there will be some kind of a season. It might be shortened. It might be only conference up. They play themselves. A uh, very little travel. Again, very few fans allowed, if any. Who knows? It is so fluid. Anybody who tells you they know is either a lying or b stupid or maybe both. <laughs> yeah, I was to say a mixture of both, maybe. Well, it, I- it's impossible to know because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. How the hell are we going to know what's happening in September? It's impossible. Yeah, I'm just saying. It look, it's huge business, and fortunately, uh, human beings love the games as part of their pastime. So they're going to try and find a way to make people happy, and that's a good thing. But whether it happens or not, if we have a second wave of this thing, and it's very possible, then it might go all down the tubes in one day. So it's impossible to say it. All I'm saying is that you know, they're going to do It's such a big business, and it's so important to the country. They're going to do whatever it takes to try and make it happen. But if we have a second and a third wave, it's not going to happen. So who knows? Take I mean, t- that's really that's the honest answer. And if anybody tells you different, you already know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I asked you. Instead of Anthony Fauci, because he won't do my podcast yet. I don't know why, but I, I well, try. Well, he hasn't returned my text either. That's all I could do. <laughs> Ted Sobel, you can hear him Sports USA all through. I hope. what I hope <laughs> is going to be the NFL season. 
And September it, the twelfth, I think, or eleventh, somewhere around there. Yep. Whatever that that Sunday is. And then week one. Hope, I'm, I'm ready for interviews right now. You know, I did over a hundred interviews last year, um, just not just for my football games, phone interviews. So, wow, and, and luckily I'm involved. we've got yeah. technology here where we can still do interviews. I can still produce the podcast. I can still do this kind of stuff without having to be in the mix and doing all that. So, you know, if we have to, we'll keep going down that road. But like I said, hey, fingers, whatever it takes. Fingers you know, crossed. We still need to be entertained, don't we? Absolutely. That's that's what I'm here for is to help entertain. Uh, well, and get the news I, out. I hope I help entertain because you know I I know a lot of people. They say I do have the perfect face for radio, so whatever that's worth. <laughs> I I know I have that. That's why I've been on radio the entire time, or or the <laughs> internet for that matter. So listen, I found my spot. I I know I'm good with that. So uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll see you and hear you again here coming up soon on Sports USA. When we get that season going, if that happens, we will have to do this again because I want to talk football with you as well, uh, both college and NFL, once that gets up and running. And we're going to have a few pre- well, We can do it before then. If the book is supposed to come out sometime in the summer, I have no idea when. But Because I just gave, got it to the publisher. He's got to edit it and do all that. So we got to figure out the covers and you know everything, and all w- of the above. When that happens, I, again, love to do that again and launch that out the right way so that everybody gets a copy of Touching Greatness, the book by Ted Sobel. Man, I, I listen, I'm so excited about that. I, I, I can't tell you. So, uh, Me too. I mean, you know, you know what? I'm, I'm more excited because I actually don't have to write anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I got my luck. You know, only, let's put it this way, Ray, only me, only Ted Sobel could write a book and guarantee that it would only come out during a pandemic. That's all I could tell you. <laughs> See, everybody's looking at the downside. Ted, you found that the silver side of that. I like that. Hopefully, hopefully it gives a few people some smiles during the pandemic. Hopefully, it's the pandemic is winding down by the time it comes out. But who the hell knows? Well, it's it, life. I just want to be breathing around there, if you don't mind. It is as long as we can get it on Amazon or online and delivered. We're still okay yep. with that. So supposed to be on Amazon. That's what that's what rumor has it. My guest Ted Sobel again on Sports USA all through. Uh, j- I was going to say the football season, but any kind of season, you're always yes. working. It's a joy to have and you, you get on what today. You pay for it, don't you, Raymond? one hundred percent, sir. Thank you again, Ted, <laughs> so much uh, for being on the podcast today. You got it. All the best, man. Thanks, bud. Have a good day. You got it. Special thanks there to legendary Los Angeles and nationwide broadcaster Ted Sobel for being with us on the Total Sports Experience. What a fun guy. What a fun episode that was. I had such a great time doing that. We have a ton more coming up for sports fans. But first, let me remind you how to get a hold of us. Instagram and Twitter. The, I'm sorry, Instagram and Twitter, TSE underscore show for both of those. Facebook is the TSE show and then, of course, on email, we want you to email into us. What should we have on next? Who should we have on next? What do we, you want to cover? What do you want to cover? Who's your team? The only thing we have going on right now is, is UFC. This live, anyway, right now. But we've got NFL coming back. I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, the NFL is coming. You've got Major League Baseball hopefully starting July 1st. You've got the NHL and NBA making plans and trying to get things on track to get going again. You guys, if sports comes back, we're in. That's it. We're ready to go. I'm so excited for that. 
Thank you guys for being with us. Again, TSE underscore show, Instagram and Twitter. Look for us on Facebook, The TSE Show, and then The TSE Show at gmail.com. Thanks for being with us. Until we do this again, be good humans, and we'll see you next time.